Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and David Clang. I'm not Dave David. today, I'm, I'm David. <laughs> okay. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> must be, we must be People do that though. I, you know, of course everybody has a mom that at some point when you got in trouble, or dad, when you got in trouble, they would say, Michael David. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe The then, full name comes out. Maybe I'm in that kind of a mode today. Uh-oh, I hope that doesn't mean I'm in trouble. I don't know. I'm starting to wonder now. <laughs> so, Carol, what kind of mode are you into today? Or in today? Hmm. Um, I'm always in a good mode. Um... Because God is always good. But this morning, I didn't want to get up. And I had to get up and take a shower. And then I decided to wash my hair. Then I didn't have time to do anything, so I let it air dry. And this is what happens. I wish our listeners could see it because I'm like, um, you know, you know that when you stick your finger in the light socket, and, and that's, <laughs> I kind of feel like, Bzz. but um, I am good. I got here and I realized I left my tea so that threw me off for a loop but I was able to make some so well, all is well in the land now well as long as you <laughs> went to the tea and probably for some folks it's still coffee but I think most people Boo. insist that you really your day can't start until either, no, either the coffee or the tea yes, yes for some people though they like to get up they used to read the paper with the coffee and the mm -hmm. tea and now I think that there's not as many folks that read papers. There's all kinds of stuff online. Maybe they go to their cell phones. Maybe it's one of the first things they do. I think there's some individuals that still turn on television. If they got a mm -hmm. streaming service, they go there and catch the morning news. Some mm -hmm. of that's local, some of it's national. Uh, kind of curious. Okay. So what kind of news channel person are you? You know, that, that's the question you ask anymore these days. You could tell so much about personality mode <laughs> just by asking, what oh boy. news channel do you watch, <laughs> Carolyn? Oh, boy. This is kind of a loaded question. I, I'm not sure how to answer this because whatever I say is going to make me look a certain way. Well, would you like me to guess? Mmm. Ooh, now that's interesting because I don't think you'll guess it. Um, okay, go ahead. Well, of course. I'll play your game. <laughs> You're right. I'm not necessarily going to get it right. I'm just going to project onto you what I think you okay, are. Okay, go and, ahead. And I'm really the, curious about this And now. even for the sake of the <laughs> podcast, okay, uh, I'm going to probably end up going this way anyhow. Okay. I think you're probably, this direction, okay. you're probably a CNN watcher. Now, really, you're probably a Fox watcher. Oh, Michael David, <laughs> you're in trouble. No, neither one. Um, I must say, um, I have watched CNN in years, years, years. Um, Fox a little bit, maybe, maybe, I don't know, three to five years ago, maybe. Um, and then, then after that, I quit. And then, I, I bet you didn't see this coming. I am kind of not I, I want national news but I'm kind of not and so when I do want to see national news I usually turn it on um, like OAN or um, Newsmax something like that but we have an antenna because you mentioned something about streaming and you can't you can stream on my phone sometimes I do that um, WSAZ but sometimes 
you just, and this is my husband, this is where I got it from. You just, he wanted the TV on when he woke up in the morning. He wanted to lay there and kind of like wake up. To me, that was foreign. Like to me, you know, you hit the alarm clock and you jump out of bed. So I was like, what is this laying in bed listening to the news thing? But I like sometimes to hear the local news just to see what's going on in our area, to hear the local weather, you know, traffic things, whatever. But um, I don't really care, like, as far as, you know, opinions. I do it more for, um, like, to see what's going on in our area. So, you know, blah, you just blah, want blah. the facts. I want the facts. And then if I do want to watch local news, it's more, or local news, national news, it's more like, um, like, oh, something like that. Yeah, you don't want necessarily too much opinion, too much interpretation. <laughs> I I can tell too. Well, I ask you this question. Okay. So what gospel I like the questions. <laughs> what gospel do you prefer the most? Mm. Well, you're going to say that I prefer Luke because you said that last week about the Luke is factual and blah, blah, blah. No, I didn't say uh, you preferred it. I just asked you what I'm, I'm what thinking gospel. that you think I'm going to answer Luke. I'm gonna, I'm That's gonna like speculate. reading ahead of the chapter trying to chase down the point. I well, because I have to grab the big picture. You know, if I if I go too much into the detail, then then I want to get the whole picture of what you're trying to say. So I have to, like, grasp it all. Um, hmm. I don't I think I'd have to go with John. Mm. Well, I, uh, <laughs> I'm i sure you've heard this. Our podcast has probably heard something like this. Uh, I'm not sure that anybody knows for certain. Of course, there's four Gospels, presuming they're all different perspectives. There's a bit of an opinion in them. They're mostly factual in the sense that they're all predicate upon reality, Jesus and what he did and what his ministry was. But there is a, there's a lot of different flavor to it, and mm-hmm. in that, there's interpretations of the facts, and I say mostly, because in some Gospels, there's some things that are there, and in other mm-hmm. Gospels, you don't mm-hmm. find them, right. or in other Gospels, you don't find them. Right. But when it comes to the four, I think generally speaking, Matthew's more probably politically kind of oriented, socially, mm-hmm. of course, Matthew being a tax collector, mm-hmm. I'm sure that that had something to do with it. Uh, John, you mentioned John. Mm-hmm. I think John is is one of those therapist gospel. They're, they're, that's the counselor gospel because John is certainly not only about the transactional aspects mm-hmm. of Jesus's life, mm-hmm. the historical accounting, give or take a bit of interpretation depending on the perspective from where the individual the author came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but John gets to love and really goes into more of those abstract sort of dimensions of it. And I hadn't really thought of that. Certainly appreciates it that yeah. way. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, I, I think, again, Luke, you're right. Mm-hmm. Luke is more the science mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interpretation or perspective. And then I thought about Mark and I thought, well, you know, Mark is just the everyday guy or woman. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of like okay, here it is, and mm-hmm. they're really not necessarily the scientist, they're really not mm-hmm. the politician, mm-hmm. they're really, <laughs> really not the pastor, priest, the everyday, the counselor, the pastoral counselor. Yeah. Mark is sort of an every, everyday sort of accounting, or mm-hmm. an everyday person sort of an accounting. Mm-hmm. And I've even heard it said this too before, that if you really follow the Gospels, 
it leads you to the highest order of thought, which some would say would be John, because John is a beloved, but he understood love or the dimension of the spiritual was added to it in such a way that it moved kind of a continuum sort of thing from a much more factual, transactional sort of accounting Mm -hmm. with some liberty for interpretation, opinion, all the way to the place where, oh, I finally have it now. It is about all these facts, Mm And the facts are important, but not every fact or detail has to be. Right. It's the heart of Jesus. It's the That's, compassion. Yeah. Yeah. It's the love. And it comes to fullest culmination, I yeah. think, in the Gospel of John as a much more perfect mm-hmm. presentation, both literal as well as spiritual. That's kind of why I, I chose it, because I, I can't help but go back to... Well, I did a deep study one time on John, and it just, I, I don't know, I feel like it has everything, you know, it has John 3, 16, you know, it has Jesus, it has, and I feel like Nicodemus, too, that, that very opening in the beginning. There's so many parts to it. Of course, Luke has some awesome things, too. We have the prodigal son and, um, you know, the birth of Christ. There's lots of good things in each gospel. But if I had to choose one, I would say John, because it, I feel like it's the most well-rounded towards Christ. So that's why I chose it. And certainly the message, the salvation mm-hmm. message, mm-hmm. and the idea of, well, what is right. it all about? Right. Well, of course it's... <laughs> I would tell a new Christian, and I have told new Christians, you know, to start reading in the book of John, just start, you know, just to get an idea of who Jesus is. Just start reading there. But you make this point oftentimes in, on, uh, in the podcast, when we're doing the podcast, it's going to say on air, but when we're doing the podcast, okay. but then even when we're not recording mm-hmm. you know there's people who really <laughs> you can't chase too far down the road they need the practical they need the tangible maybe maybe it's just preference personality maybe it's again getting the mode maybe there's a bit of operations there they're just they're not maybe so much the abstract thinker they're very tangible and so there's obviously some benefit in Presenting that in all dimensions, Mm -hmm. not only from different perspectives, different sort of places in life, um, ways of looking at life, maybe again modes of life. Uh, All of that composite kind of makes up most people's lives, some aspect of it, leaning more toward one, two, three, or four. But it is the same message. It is Jesus saves. And it's about love. Mm -hmm. And it's about forgiveness. And with that then... I suppose how one might look at love and forgiveness and and receive that message and then in whatever dimension more literally or spiritually as with allowing the Holy Spirit but to bring application Holy Spirit to lead guide direct but through the human vessel that we are whatever our preference personality whatever our mode of operation And that's kind of a challenge when it comes to ministering to people. I don't know that. Again, John, I said, was more the therapist or the counselor perspective. I do think we get big picture stuff. You were talking about Mm -hmm. me in the podcast Mm -hmm. at the beginning here today. Mm -hmm. But, you know, maybe that's helpful. But I have to go to sometimes Matthew. I have to go sometimes to Mark. Right. I have to go sometimes to Luke, depending on the person I'm ministering to. Mm -hmm. Now, is it so much a conscious thought? Sometimes it is, but most times it isn't. I think it's all under the guidance or with guidance and leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. Yes, absolutely. And I, I kind of feel like that applies. I mean, that's just how we do it. And 
I'm going to go how I feel, one, led by the Holy Spirit, but two, how I feel like they're, they're best going to understand and get what I'm trying to say or what I feel like that God wants me to say. And that it kind of reminds me of <laughs> like a person, and I know this is not where you're going with this, but it reminds me of like their love language. You know how they say like, you know, to speak somebody's love language, you have to, you know, know what their language is. And then, you know, you, you speak that way so that way they can fully receive it and fully hear it. I kind of feel like that sometimes with people that come to see us. I have to figure out what is that, and then that's the way I want to go because I want them to receive it. I want them to hear it. And of course, that's all predicated. That's all overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And even such, the the model of the love languages, mm-hmm. there is but one language in mm-hmm. one tongue, as they say. Right. Uh, and however you may or may not have come to appreciate speaking in tongues and some make more of that some make lesser of that in terms of different denominations which are again different perspectives it's like which one's cnn which one is newsmax which one is fox those kind of things but there is a universal tongue and that's love right but love isn't necessarily a tongue in the sense of a language Mm -hmm. uh maybe even as much the human dimension would incline us again one, two, three, or four, mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, to kind of see it that way. And certainly there's a need for that in a very literal way. But we really want to get to the message of love. And why do we want to get the message of love? Because that's why Jesus came. Right. He came not only to tell us of God's love. You said that earlier, <laughs> for God so loved the world, John yeah. three sixteen. Yeah. But it is that idea, too, though, that if you're going to receive what Jesus has come to give you, you have to get past yourself or the translation of that in such a manner or method or way, or at least an appreciation, so that the real messaging gets through. Now, paradoxically, we like to say, the message is already in you. You just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. But until you see it, touch it, taste it, feel it, or hear it, you're not really either reminded of it or it's sort of in that sort of way that the Bible speaks of it. It's still hidden unto you. Mm-hmm. And some people never come to that. Once they lose that or once that is stolen from them, they remain in darkness. They don't, their ears aren't open, their eyes aren't open to see it. And they quit even communicating at that level. A hardened heart, I think, is where that love language, that idea, they're not even talking love anymore. I know. Regardless of where they're coming from. It breaks my heart. And I know people like that. It makes me sad when I think about that because they've, like you said, they've quit, they've quit believing in it. And, or maybe, you know, maybe, like you said, it was stolen from them, but they, they don't go there anymore. And it, that that really, um, that breaks my heart. (laughs) You also like to ask the question. <laughs> what, drink. What, if, what if? You said I watched the Indian. I haven't got over that yet. You, you ask the question, well, what if they don't think they can change? What if they don't think they're good enough? What if, because I always get to that. that. It's, it's, it is a rhetorical question. But, but a it's lot a, of people think that. It's a literal. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. You get to that point. But there really isn't a reason anybody could not receive the gift mm-hmm. because it's already in them. They just don't want to believe it's in them. Mm-hmm. They don't want to believe in the message of Christ and for all the reasons that Jesus came 
so that it might be played out in some mm-hmm. sort of literal way. So there might be testimony, the four Gospels, right. so that it could demonstrate itself, show itself. Mm-hmm. What is it? The message of forgiveness of God's love, salvation. Mm-hmm. But I am, it's difficult for me to accept that there is anyone out there that would not have the choice, especially in light of all these presentations, everything that we've sort of spoken of today on the podcast, Mm -hmm. the different ways it's presented, trying to go through any human dimension, love languages, Mm -hmm. the different perspectives, Mm -hmm. the different places in life, the different angles. Right. And that's not a rhetorical question. That's a literal question. So are you, what is it that you're asking about? What choice are you saying you feel like people... Why don't they receive Jesus? They don't... Are you Why don't they, they receive don't the love of Christ? Why won't they accept that? Why won't they believe? And, and it should it be that... And they'll do that with me believe a lot. Believe is the key word. Yeah, they'll do that with me a lot. And, mm-hmm. I, and I kind of see the parallel. I'll give them that answer. They don't want it. Right. And so I'm thinking, well, maybe I presented the answer in the wrong way, and so I'll try it another way. Mm -hmm. And they don't want it. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, well, maybe it's too high-minded. Maybe it's too abstract. Maybe God loves you. He forgives you. Mm -hmm. Once you believe it and accept it, it's changed. It's like But they don't want to believe it. And then I'll go back and say, well, maybe I didn't do a good job communicating it. Maybe, Maybe I didn't demonstrate it. It's not all you, though. Well, that's my point, though, because when people come in and you ask that question, what if, what if, and and I agree with you Mm -hmm. that there are individuals that are resistant and there are those that are treatment resistant. There are also individuals that are not going to receive, Mm -hmm. but why wouldn't they? And if we go too far down that path, Mm -hmm. down that kind of in that direction Mm -hmm. of thought, Mm -hmm down that road, then we get lost because mm-hmm. we're all trying to like package it and present it and appeal to and, you know, just the facts. But, you know, even then, uh, people d- do not want to receive the facts. Mm-hmm. They don't want to believe it. And I think that's when we can only go so far. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our words and our efforts, you said you would try it another way, and then you would try this or try that. We can only go so far. And then it has to be on them, and then they have, they have to make the choice. And so why don't they do it? That's a myriad of reasons. That's a whole pot of reasons why they don't want to. And for everybody, that's individualized to them. But it's also universal. People don't want to receive the truth, which is... The sin nature we have inside of us, you know, so it's individualized and when they can justify it with their own reasons, but yet it's all, it's the same for everybody. Does that make sense? It it does. And and it takes me and my thinking Mm -hmm. or my thoughts Mm -hmm. to, we should acknowledge motive then, right? Motive is, would you want to, wouldn't you want to, you know, and the Bible suggests that you can go so far in disobedience or rebellion and it is human nature to rebel and be disobedient. But you could go so far that you harden your heart so much that you blaspheme the Holy Ghost. And, 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 and then you even maybe can go even in that then to the extent that you're trying to take others down with you and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, harming more than it yeah. is even being neutral or benign right. in that. And, right. 
and, and again, that's the devil and it's Satan. It's all that message, right? Very destructive. But I still would want to believe the central premise of the Bible is, like you said, it's on you what you're going to do with the facts. It's on you what you're going to do with the testimony. It's on you what you're going and and yeah. whether it's somebody else's. And albeit my perspective is not yours and yours is not entirely mine and it may not be the next door neighbors or the person across town or the next state or whatever, or next country, whatever it is. But I do think that if there's a universal language and it's love and forgiveness and Christ came to demonstrate that, then the people, even the Hebrew people, the King James, I like to read King James, talking to somebody yesterday who's kind of more inclined to be as you are. Well, a lot of people don't understand the King James culture. I said, I get that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they talk the current colloquialism. Is that mm-hmm. a word? Colloquial. Colloquial. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that idea. It's a current dialect. Mm-hmm. You know, we get back into that language. <laughs> we get back into that language thing. But, mm-hmm. but it is on every individual. Mm-hmm. And I can change the presentation uh, even with the podcast. You don't. It's not your inclination to, I think, think this way. Uh, it may, may be more mine. But I take a look at the numbers, the analytics of the mm-hmm. podcast. and mm-hmm. It's going up. It's going down. Who's downloading? How many followers? Those kind of things. It, it interests me. I think there's some desire to make sure that, it, that we're reaching mm-hmm. our audience. Mm-hmm. But then there's another part of me that says, how many different ways can I say this? How many right. different ways can you present this? Right. How many, how many different messages, or at least, as we were saying, the different cultural personality dimensions, different places in life, can you come to present Jesus? How many sermons can a pastor preach? Until, yes. Until you finally say, it's on you. It's, mm-hmm. But a lot of people come into counseling with that notion, though, it's on me. Mm-hmm. Or they come into counseling yeah. saying, Carolyn, you're supposed to fix me. <laughs> and then they almost do that you. same thing. They almost go that same route and say, yes, but. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true, but I can't do it. Or yes, that's true, but it doesn't work. Or, well, have you ever thought about this? They're always looking for an excuse or a reason not to get better. And that's my point. Why do we have to make it so difficult? Why can't we just receive it as it's given? Hmm. Boy, that's a good question. And that's the one for the ages. That's an eternal question that doesn't matter who you're talking to, what country, what background, what your life situation is, because it's all the same for everybody. Everybody has to come to that question and answer it for themselves. Everybody has to decide, am I going to receive this or am I not? So, why would we just not receive it? Well, like I said earlier, there's lots of reasons why, but I think they all tie back to the same thing. They all go back to um, this notion um, that we don't want it. I mean, it's original sin. It's selfishness. It's we don't need that for whatever reason. You know, we don't. Believe, you know, you might hurt us. We, you know, we don't believe it. I'm not worthy. Whatever that looks like, but it all boils down the same thing. We just, we don't want it, and you know, fear. But I think it's just our human nature. You said earlier that we're all inclined to rebellion, and and that, but that's 
in our nature when we're born. So, who's who's and again, not saying that I'm with you on that, uh-huh. but a lot of people say, well, then whose responsibility is it? Because we got all these predisposing factors, predetermines. You got the physiology, you got right. the genetics. But we still I mean, have to make a I hear I hear a lot of that too when yeah, it comes but we to. We still have to make the decision. Counseling. Yeah, we can't well, just blame. Tell it Tell me on about this. the biochemistry. My mom and dad were addicts. Yeah. They have bipolar disorder. Yeah. I've inherited I have that. ADHD. Uh-huh. You're, I want you to help that. my son or my daughter. They have ADHD. Unfortunately, God forbid, me, but I'm saying, but you have the answer in you. I can help you find it. But a lot of times it does come down to that. They don't want to find the answer or they don't want to understand that even as those things are facts, there's no barrier or limitation there's no wall that keeps them from enjoying or experiencing the best that life has to offer. And what is that? Right. Jesus Christ. But that's hard to believe. You Love and forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But they are always wanting to judge it, measure it, and then mm-hmm. for some reason, and maybe that is the whole disobedience thing, it's that judgment thing. Mm-hmm. Once you judge it like that, well, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or it's too hard to do that. Mm-hmm. Or isn't there another way to do that? Or you do it that way, but I want to be unique and I want to That's be different. That's how we flesh it out. That's how the different responses are. Different people will flesh out the same answer. No, I don't want that. And then it just looks like different variations. But that's basically human nature. We don't we don't want what God has to offer. But we have to come to that point where we realize, you know, when we fully believe that the motive is right and there's no hidden agenda with God... And then we can believe it. But a person has to get to that point where they see that. Otherwise, it's going to be all the reasons. It's going to be, you know, I can't trust this, or I've been hurt, or I've been, you know, whatever. Offenses. Mm-hmm. We've spoken of that too before. Mm-hmm. Therefore, so, from a common person's perspective, the best that I could estimate. Okay. The gospel that captures that in this manner or this way. One that otherwise might appeal to a more general sort of presentation. Not the politician, not the scientist, not the the counselor or therapist. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go to Mark. Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And it's all about, the whole Bible is about, again, love and forgiveness. This is not a new message. Which is what we're saying. Which is the basic thing. Different presentation. Different testimony. And again, he entered into Capernaum. After some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. <laughs> Jesus is in the house. Mm-hmm. How many sermons? How many revivals? Mm. How many fun Sunday evenings? Did you hear that? Jesus is in the house. Mm-hmm. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. It was a packed house. No. Not so much as about the door, and he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, 
Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone, or God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned with themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts, whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up thy bed, and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed, and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. He went forth again by the seaside, and the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting on the receipt of customs, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Verses 1 through 14, Mark 2. So there were those that believed and those that didn't believe. There were still some there that were just seeing it, witnessing it for the first time. Maybe all of us seeing it, witnessing it for the first time in this kind of practical application that the Gospels capture of the life and the times of Jesus in a material dimension. And the fame. It was starting to spread. There's some passages, verses in Mark 1. And following even two that suggest that Jesus, for whatever reason, didn't want them to necessarily go out and tell the world just yet. The timing of it is sort of like you like to go to the marriage feast and the water and the wine. It's not yet my time. So he was sort of being pressed into service a little bit sooner, maybe. I don't know. It was his time. But I don't know if they were fully ready to receive it. But... There was somebody who wanted it badly enough that despite how difficult it was to access Jesus, Mm -hmm. with the fame being as it was, with all the folks coming to hear and see him, with all of this going on, not only outwardly in a material dimension, but inwardly in spirit terms, people were analyzing. What is this? What is he saying? Mm -hmm. Trying to make that that decision Mm -hmm. as to what this is all about. And it just... He just keeps bringing it about. He keeps presenting it. And what does he talk about? He doesn't talk necessarily so much about the healing, physical healing. Maybe you say, well, it's healing, but it's spiritual. He talks about forgiveness. But he also says, I'm going to heal this person, who, by the way, they tore the roof off to lower the person down on a pallet so he could be healed or get in. It didn't require... (laughs) Anything more than Jesus to say, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, but there was all this other stuff going on, right? But that doesn't matter. And it may or may not in the sense that maybe there was all kinds of other stuff going on, because I don't know, you don't know, nobody is able to see in those kind of supernatural terms. And that's why, again, Jesus came, God sent his son. And only now, through a glass darkly, we can begin to truly comprehend. And then, as we've said, it's more the love of God in Christ Jesus than it is any of the outward evidences, although those are all important empirically to get our attention. And that's where we begin to sort things out. We begin to sort things out in material terms. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Well... 
I was just rereading that when he saw their faith. So they they knew about him, and they didn't just know about him, but they, like you said, they wanted him so badly that they were willing to go through the roof. But when he saw their faith, and then he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. But they didn't just hear about him, but they were willing to take action on it. They believed. They believed before they even saw him, right? So they had a plan. They were going to go to Jesus, but they, they knew if they could just get there, if they could just, you know, touch the hem of his garment, if they could just get to him, then he would do something. I think that's part of the messaging is that when people come to that point where they know if, they, if I can just go to Jesus, something's going to happen. He's going to do something. I don't know what that is. Sometimes he, sometimes he speaks it. Sometimes he, you know, puts mud on their face. I mean, you know, it doesn't, whatever it's going to look like, they don't know. But Jesus is going to do something when they show up. And they believe that. Now, I like that, how, you know, he's, when he saw their faith. Because they didn't just hear about him. And they didn't just think, well, maybe, you know, maybe he'll forgive us. But they're like, something's going, he's going to do something. He's going to act. I like that. So the barrier had to be removed. Mm-hmm. All the outwardly sort of directed obstacles had to be removed. Mm-hmm. And it did start with belief or at least commitment to a belief that there was something available. Right. And whether those kind of more material dimensions of barriers, people, buildings, roofs, scribes, Pharisees, crucifixions. Right. Whether those are the only ones, or as you've been saying, it starts with a heart first Mm -hmm. and a desire. I think that's what has to happen in order to receive what Jesus is offering. The the barrier has to be removed. And I think we're right, and it's simplistic in this kind of presentation. I think we're right because it is simplistic in its Bible. It's mm-hmm. just core to the Bible. It's us. We're in the way. Mm-hmm. And that's not anything new. It's not anything different. But how many people would go to this extent? Mm-hmm. How many people would go that far? How many people would press right. through the crowd? How many people right. would take no for an, not take no for an answer? How many people would have said, well, you know, he's here today. I'm sure he'll be, the sermon, they'll have the revival tomorrow. We'll just go tomorrow, <laughs> you know, because we can't get in today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think I've heard people say that. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Yes, and I like the fact that they had already made it, hmm. They already made up their mind, but it's different than what you just said. Because if we say, well, we'll go tomorrow, the immediacy, the urgency is not there. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want the barrier removed? How bad do you want his love? And so, I don't know. I think I would have to question the, um, the motive there and what are you really getting at? 
if you're willing to say, uh, you know, there's too many people there. We can't get to them. We'll just come back later. I think I'd have to question that because how bad do you really want that? Are you willing to press in? Are you willing to, you know, push through the crowd or whatever? Are you really willing to crawl up in a tree? You know, Zacchaeus. <laughs> are you willing to dig through the roof? So they had already made that decision. And then they were willing to do whatever it takes to get there. And as much, again, culturally speaking, King James is familiar to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that, that it's always easy even for me to fully understand. But it says, and they came or they come unto him bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And, and I'm not sure what that means. Just saying that. Not sure what that means. But I suspect that means that he couldn't walk. He couldn't use his arms. He couldn't do anything. His whole life was restricted to the pallet that he was on. Mm -hmm. And with that, he must have had some (laughs) friends, family, that really loved him a lot. Because they went through quite a bit to get him Mm -hmm. into Jesus' presence. The NIV says some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. So it took four people to carry him. And maybe that was it, just in a very literal sort of way. Mm-hmm. That, they had to, that he had to have help. He couldn't even do it himself. The fact that he's paralyzed, obviously, he had to have some kind of help. But four people believed in it enough to make that happen. And I think that's also probably important to note was that it has it's not going to have anything to do with the physical dimensions, what you were born with, the mm-hmm. genetics, what happened to you, what right. didn't happen to mm-hmm. you, who your mom and dad were, where you grew up, whether it was here or it was there, yeah. it's in poverty or it was in riches, mm-hmm. it's whether you're in Pharaoh's house mm-hmm. or whether you're born out sort of in a manger. Right. As with Jesus. Right. The notion of it is, is the gift is for all and it is freely given of God. But all of those things in our judgments, and that's what we were trying to say earlier, mm-hmm. those are the barriers. How does it work? How does it fit together? We have to do this here and there and there. But it won't work there. Or why does it work for them, but it doesn't work for me? And by the time you spend, again, analysis paralysis, we talked about that last mm-hmm. podcast. When you begin to go there... And you come up with all of those things. Really what you're doing is you're, you're creating the stronghold. Well, you're putting another brick on the yes, wall. Yes, the wall. Yeah, you're just That's going to keep it. you, instead of tearing the roof off to lower the person down on the pallet mm-hmm. just so they could be in the presence of Jesus. Right. You're beginning to build more obstacles. Mm-hmm. I, I, I respect disabilities. Uh, this is easy to say, right? But I kind of say it that way because we've been taught that. If there's anything, it would have, in the United States, it would have been over the last few generations. Not everybody's the same, and people are disabled, or they're unique, or they're different, and we should have compassion, and that's all the best. Yes, but I've met a lot of disabled people who use their disability as a reason for not being better. I had a patient in my office the other day, which is, is probably partly where the, some of this thought has come from. I believe in the moment that... God was reminding me, the Holy Spirit was reminding me of this passage. And so being the fool that I am, or the, uh, I don't know, brazen, overly confident person that I am, uh, which might be a fool both, one and the same, both ways. I just said, you know, I think that God is speaking to you right now. 
You've used this as a disability. Somebody hung this label on you over all these years and you've taken all this medicine over all this time and you know what it is because they just keep telling you it's what it is and taking the medicine must suggest that you believe them or you wouldn't take the medicine and you're still sitting in front of me 30 years later and you're not better. And, well, it's progressive. It's debilitating. It won't get better. I'm always going to expect this. And whether that is true, and we're talking behavioral health now, we're talking more psychiatric, which, by the way, there is really no way anybody can get in your body and measure it that way. We're just on the, the, the cusp, right. the beginnings of being able to genetically identify and map that stuff. Mm-hmm. But even predisposition doesn't mean that a person will have the problem. Mm-hmm. And even if they do, it does not necessarily mean that they're disabled except in their own mind. But once you drink that Kool-Aid, once you again go down that road, by the time they get to see me and you, they're going to have to tear the roof off the place. Right. They're going to have to, and somebody's going to have to break down the wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it my job to break down the wall? I don't know. I've done that. It never seems to do anything but create trouble. I've seen. I think we assist. And even in the trouble, I don't know that that's bad Mm -hmm. because some people have gotten better and they've come back to me and said, You said that to me and I didn't want to receive it. I didn't want to hear it. And I stormed out, but it's stuck. And Mm -hmm. I'm like Ezekiel. Why would I expect them to receive the message? I just have to preach it. Right. And I can be kind and I can try to use different translations and I can use the sophisticated methods that I learned in school at university in terms of how to talk to people and establish rapport and to understand where they are in terms of their maturity and their development. And if they're arrested in their development, if they're psychologically immature, if they've got trauma, post-traumatic stress, and they got dissociative disorder, even dissociative identity disturbance, which is multiple personality disorder and these are all things that I contend with you don't have to but in a professional context I contend with you have to contend with them but you don't put labels on them right because yours is a pastoral <laughs> care mine's right. a professional I have to meet certain standards because it's all money it's all titles it's mm-hmm. all those things that go with it but but my point is this you can try all of those things but you find out pretty quickly who's going to receive it and not. And I told this person, I said, I believe God has spoken to me and I should just share this with you. I don't know what you're going to do with it. I don't know where it's going to go. But it says that kind of thing, as your faith is, so be it unto you. You've come see me. And I think God's liberating you from maybe not that the person doesn't have a bipolar or doesn't have some sort of genetically sort of inclined, predisposed, chemical imbalance that requires medicine. I'm just saying, tear down the barrier of your own prejudice and realize that if you're using that to not get better or not to experience salvation as fullest, that's going to condemn you to hell. You're not going to be saved. Why? Because you don't want that, because what that does is really, paradoxically, it sets you free. Mm -hmm. It liberates you. Mm -hmm. 
And it may actually heal your palsy. They say that about cancer. Autoimmune system. They don't kill the cancer and then everything the cancer is attached to, whatever part of the body like they used to with poisons. Now they've gotten smart. Why don't we just allow what we're born with, what God gave us, I would say, as the autoimmune system? Let it do its job. That's what God's saying about it. Jesus is saying, let what's in you do what God has inclined it to do. Get out of the way. Stop being prejudiced. But usually this is the point where kindly and professionally and respectfully, I just say, okay, as your faith be unto you, or so be it. As your faith be unto you. And if they have no courage and they have no faith and they don't like the liberty, they don't like the concept of that, it's going to change your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to be different now. You're not going to be bound to this pallet. You won't require four people, as you said, born of four. Right. Or even so, the total disability aspect of that. You couldn't move your arms or legs. You couldn't walk on your own. You're going to have to <laughs> do something with your life more than this. What your life has come to, you're too familiar with it. I You don't want to change. I had to look it up because I, I think it's such a great quote. And I don't know how she found it. But um, on my daughter's Instagram, she has, um, which I'm so proud of her because she she has her name and stuff. And then she has Jeremiah 29, 11, which is a great verse. But then she has a quote by Les Brown, which I cannot remember exactly who he is, but the quote is, life has no limitations except the ones you make. And I think that's pretty awesome. And what makes that awesome, not just the quote itself, but that um, without you know doing too much disclosure, um, Bella uh, has a disability. And so I say that as a technical term. <laughs> but my second son, when he was born with a disability, I was definitely not prepared for that. And he had a birthday the other day and I put it on his um, on his little Facebook post. I made him a little birthday, you know, happy birthday thing. And I put that as part of it, that I thank God for Ethan because he helped me to accept things I cannot change. And what I meant by that was I learned when Ethan was born with a disability, <laughs> I could not fix that, but God gave him to me with you know with this problem and so there was there was a moment there where I could choose okay I'm going to put I'm going to get my bricks and my mortar and I'm going to put more things on there oh my gosh there's going to be IEP meetings there's going to be doctor's visits or how are we going to afford all this how you know what's this going to mean and and then you know how do I deal with other people other people that's the big one and you know my family and and dealing with them you know because they were <laughs> my dad broke down and was crying he said he's gonna be blind so dad he's not gonna be blind <laughs> and i mean you know i could have very easily very easily just started building that wall but i couldn't and only god can help me do that and so i think when people come in and you know and they're telling us these things david we 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 have that I mean we have the opportunity to you know this is the limits you're putting on yourself how about we let God help you with this and you need to know the power that love Mm -hmm. 
and then specific to our conversation today, conversations today, forgiveness Mm -hmm. really has to not only liberate you or free you, but what it is, is it's a power that saves you. Mm-hmm. And how difficult is it? No more difficult than to have faith and believe and also know just as quickly, as immediately as Jesus healed the man with the palsy. And he said this, Jesus said this. So then when God tells you you're forgiven, mm-hmm. So then when God says those things don't bind you any longer or hold you back, so then that somebody gives you, mm-hmm. how would you not receive it? Right, right. Especially forgiveness, something that just cannot, <laughs> cannot be earned. We can't do, you know, somebody offers us that gift of forgiveness that God so freely does. How can we turn that away except for coming up with our own stones that we're going to label and and build our wall against it? And Jesus just said it for God. Mm -hmm. He was God. But he said it as would. And I say for God because that's what the scribes, Mm -hmm. they were thinking, you know, who is this? I mean, Mm -hmm. right? He's acting like he's God. He's saying it like he's God. Mm -hmm. And, of course, for them, it would have been. He just said it for God. For us, He was God. For us, we know Mm -hmm. that God sent His only begotten Son. For us, we know He had the power. Mm -hmm. But you need to understand it in those terms. And even if you can't understand it, you have to believe it. Believe it, it, yeah. And that's the faith dimension. Right, like a little child. That's mentioned several times in Scripture. Oh my gosh, we could, we could go to a school and we could have all the degrees and we can read everything. And I told somebody that last night when I saw him. I was like, we can know a lot of stuff up here. But what does it all matter if we don't know it down here? And I'm pointing my heart because if we don't believe it, then it's just a bunch of verses. <laughs> it's just a bunch of healings. It's magic tricks. It's the, it's the magician, the sorcerer, Simon. I mean, it's just a bunch of stuff. Unless we really believe that there's more to that, I don't know. That's, that's the hard part. So this is all he said. When Jesus saw Jesus, mm-hmm. speaking for God, maybe it is. This is all we could comprehend. Maybe it is all that we could fully understand even today. Mm-hmm. It's humbling because we just can't understand the depth of God's love for us. Right. We can't understand really all the yeah. dimensions of forgiveness. As you said, we almost have to just take him at his word, which would well, be the can't. innocence of a child. We can't. we can't understand him or then we'd be like God. Well, and you're right. And I think that that's the unfortunate aspect of judgment. Ours, our prejudice, is that we've constructed hell. At least to the extent or degree that there was one, we've constructed our own personal one. Mm-hmm. Because God doesn't want us to go there. Right. right. He does not want us to live there. Well, yeah. He does not want us to. It was created for Satan, the devil, and the angels that otherwise follow him. But it was not created for us. Right. But we choose that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that is also a very difficult thing for me. When people walk out of the office, and I know they're, they've just, they're not going to receive it. Like you said, it makes you really sad. Yeah. To think of those people, mm-hmm. 
they're lost. They're not going to receive it. But, but Mary, we have this. to have hope. We have to have hope. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. That's it. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. Shouldn't it have been more? Shouldn't it have been, well, yeah, I know you did this, and but mm-hmm. this is that. And God, I'm sure, sees it differently. And, and I'm sure there was reasons and justifications for all the things that have happened. And you were born this way. And you didn't get to pick and choose who, you were, who your mom and dad were, or your, again, your genetics. Mm-hmm. Maybe they told you wrong 20 years ago or 30 years ago. Maybe somebody who wasn't really a believer or maybe it was misdiagnosed. Back 30 years ago, they didn't even have what we have today in the way of making that diagnosis. (laughs) And I get what you're saying is I don't want to discourage anybody for asking, but Carolyn, you go down that direction too far. Right. And there is hope, but it's not me or you. And I'm not going to be able to, even in our testimony, which is what really these podcasts are too. It's kind of a personal testimony. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to convince you Mm -hmm. of of hope because I don't have the power to do that except through the Holy Spirit. But if I'm giving you as much as I might, opening myself to give everything that is that in me, is Holy Spirit in me. I'm trying to remove me. Right. I'm trying to offer you hope. Yeah. I'm trying to present an attitude of hope. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're going to move away from all that disability or disabling sort of thought. Right. Your personality's become attached to it or it's become so attached to your personality, mm-hmm. you think of yourself in these such these limitations or restrictions. Mm-hmm. But I can't make anybody do anything that they don't believe themselves. But it is courage. That's what that comes down to. They're afraid of what that means. Right. I said that earlier, fear. Mm-hmm. Because they don't have the courage, the faith. Mm-hmm. And it's all built upon God's promise. Right. And that's, again, why Jesus came. That's why we're having this conversation. Why That's why there's four Gospels. Mm-hmm. That's why there's... But all of that aside, it still comes down to that really, that basic thing. Mm-hmm. Are you going to receive this? Mm-hmm. And again, once more, it sounds too simple. But it has to be that simple. Right. Or you're going to continue to do this judgment, justification. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of counseling does do that. It just comes back to everybody, they come in. And we just talk about the same things and justifications and judgments and why they didn't. And I mean, at some point, I've just got to say, you're not doing what you need to do. Right. I have to, right? I mean, other other than if it's all about money, if it's all about just keeping them coming back, if it's me just continuing to encourage them or discourage them to continue to be disabled, I suppose you can make it about that, an industry, transactional. I don't want it to be transactional. I want them to leave like... Take up your your bed and walk. Yeah. You know, well, Jesus didn't say that, but but Peter said that. That's what the, I told somebody yesterday. I said, "Well, I, <laughs> I could tell you, um, you know, what you want to hear." I was like, "But I wouldn't be doing you a bit of service, you know, by just telling you what you want to hear." And I said, "And I'm I'm going to speak the truth. It's not going to be barbaric and just the truth." And I'm not going to just speak love and just tell you what you want to hear without the truth. I said, but I am going to speak the truth and love to you. So you better know that right now, like <laughs> on the front end, because that's how it's going to happen. And 
sometimes that's hard when I tell somebody it can't be you plus such and such on the pedestal or God plus you know this other whatever it is that they're wanting fixed and sometimes they just look at me like oh <laughs> and I know I'm taking I mean I know it's a it's a you know it's kind of a gut punch sometimes to people but we have to otherwise we're we're not we're not following the Holy Spirit but we're not helping them either does that make sense I just you know I sometimes it's sometimes I get a little scared I'm like oh, to say that but if that's what the Holy Spirit's telling me to do then that's where I'm going to go but you mentioned about the justification and the judgments. I think about the woman caught in adultery. I mean, Jesus is like, oh, I know, that's not your husband. <laughs> but he didn't go into, you know, well, the first guy beat you up, and and I know that's why you went to the second guy. And the Samaritan he, woman at 12. He, yeah, and he cheated on you, and, you know, I know all these things. I, You know, he didn't do any of that, and he just didn't even fool with it. And so, you know, when people come in to see us, sometimes, you know, of course I'll listen, but that's not the thing. All those things is not the thing. It's you. I tell them that all the time. You know it's not about, you know, it's not about what happened. <laughs> the situation um, as far as all these details. It's about you and what's going on in your heart and what are you believing. So that's where we're going to, that's where I'm going to go after. So, so that I would not then be accused of being... Oh, myself insensitive i would not be accused of of being too heavy-handed i would not be accused of then trying to either manipulate a person or the situation right. in right. any way shape or form mm -hmm. other than allowing the holy spirit to use the word of god right i'm going to finish with this thought okay and we've read the verse so i'm just going to read it again but this is really what in effect we Every counselee that comes to see us, this is what happens. You know, for the sake of rapport, for the sake of trying to work with them, for the sake of being kind and not heavy-handed and all those other things. But it's going to come down to this. This is what it comes down to. And as much as, again, Jesus said to the man sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And that was the only thing he said to him. Mm -hmm. What he did say to the scribes, though. Mm-hmm. And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, I want to say it to my patients. I want to say it to our podcast listeners. You want to say it to your counselees. Why reason ye these things in your hearts, whether it's easier to say to the sick of the palsy or whatever it is that might be bringing you mm -hmm. in to see us. Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And as much as I remember Peter on the day of Pentecost, Jesus did say that then. I read that earlier, take up thy bed. Mm -hmm. But the notion of it is, that's really the end of anything that I could do. But I'm going to say that. Right. And I'm going to say that within context. <laughs> we had the time on the podcast to set the context up. And, and it isn't always so easy in a counseling situation to do that. But for any who would be listening, any who would maybe at some point seek help from us or someone else, this is where it ends. 
You have to believe it. You have to believe in Christ. You have to believe the message of God that He sent when He sent His Son to die for us, shows His love for us, the resurrection power and forgiveness, and that God's intent is that you don't live in hell any longer than you would choose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wants to liberate you from that now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be justified. You don't have to justify it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to reprove again right. and again and again that Jesus has the power. The devil will, will right. challenge you and it will be reproved. Mm-hmm. It's just a human nature. But the faith and the belief that saves you today is the faith, the same faith and belief that we find saving us or will find one day that has saved us mm-hmm. for eternity. Mm-hmm. But we live it in the moment we're in. We don't wait until it's all said and done, and then you go back and you replay your whole life and you try to sort it out. That's right. a white throne judgment. You don't want that. <laughs> you want to just receive the gift of love now. And though there will be rewards, I know the Bible speaks of that, so there'll be some sort of recalling of that. But I think in the end, the greatest reward is that you received it now, you didn't stay bound to it, and should it mean not only spiritual healing, but physical healing, Mm -hmm. why not receive it? Believe it. And if you don't, it's on you. That's right. I like how he says, I tell you to get up, take your mat, and go home. Get up and go. Don't linger here. Don't stay here. Get up and go. And go on with your life. Go on. We don't have to rehash everything. (laughs) I like how Jesus is so to the point. You know, he doesn't give people a whole lot of room, wiggle room. He just tells them what they need to hear. And that's how I want to be. You know, I don't want to get lost. Um, I really, you you may not believe this, but I have pared down my words so much, especially like in emails and text messages, because we don't have to. I don't have to explain things to you, David, but that's hard for people to grasp, right? Because they want to. That's like our nature. We want to, you know, go into all this stuff with Jesus when he just wants to heal us. And so I get it, but know that... There's no judgment when people come see us. You know, we're well, not going to... the opposite. We're saying, you get out of your own judgment. We're not judging you. There's right. no judgment here, but you stop judging you. Yeah. And if you're judging you, then let it only be unto repentance or penitence. Right. Let it only be unto, right. I need to stop doing this mm-hmm. and start listening to my heart or listening to the Word. Mm-hmm. has to be the Word. But the Word of God that's alive right. in me. Right. And believe. Mm-hmm. To follow after Christ. Mm-hmm. So, should people want to hear that when they come see you? Or should they want to come see you so they might hear that? How do they get a hold of us? You can give us a call, 304-528-9220. Or you can go online, covenantsonline.com, and get some more information. And then if you want to email us, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. Or you can, of course, I'm plugging our podcast, go to different platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, to check out what is Covenants, or go to our Facebook page where we have not only our podcast, but we also have other little fun things. And um, there was an article about um, about trick or treat, and my husband stole it from me. I was going to put it on our Covenant page, and he took it from me. So um, sometimes I find some things, some encouragement, some things that people are really dealing with today. Um, and then we just talk about it. Better than CNN, 
Better than Fox News, better than Newsmax. Yep. What is Covenant's specialized pastoral care services, Mm -hmm. Christian counseling ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And until next time, be blessed.